Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. This is Authenticated. The Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing. Welcome back, race fans, to another episode of Authenticated, episode 11. Hey, we, we've made it to 11 of these things, and uh, they're flying by, and uh, I think we've got one more before we take a little holiday break uh, after today's episode where we've got some cool stuff coming up next week. But first, we have a show chock full of exciting things that I know you race fans are going to be excited about, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun here today. We're going to talk about a lot of new things and a lot of things that a lot lot of uh of you diecast collectors have been asking about and wanting to hear more information about uh and we'll bring it to you later on in the show but uh, uh my name is matt kenfield uh here with lionel racing and uh happy to guide you through another episode of the show and joining us as always my co-host uh, alex pullman uh, would you ever thought that we'd actually get 11 of these shows in i mean i, I mean i, I hoped I, for which I, is great news i mean i wouldn't have been surprised if the plug got pulled on us after like two of them so good for us yay go us and uh the reason that we've done so many great shows is michelle fan and <laughs> <laughs> if it had just been wow. alex if it had just been alex and i we, we we'd be out on the street but uh michelle has made this show uh what it is today so uh michelle thank you uh, again for uh coming on board here today and uh, a lot of cool stuff i think these nascar authentics fans might get a little excited for some stuff later on in the they show they ought to be really excited we have some great behind the scenes info from a race team member and then some NASCAR authentic stuff we're going to talk about. So um, hopefully everybody sticks around. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun here today on Authenticated and we'll be right back with more. We will kick things off here on today's show with a little week in review uh, of some of the hot items in NASCAR racing and, uh, of course, championship weekend. Uh, just a few weekends back at Phoenix Raceway, which meant that it was Champions Week in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, this past week, where the champions of NASCAR's Cup Series, Xfinity Series, and Truck Series, as well as uh, the, NAS the NASCAR Touring Series, including ARCA and the Modified Tour and the, K the uh, Arkham and Art Series, East West and the National Series, uh, all got to celebrate their champions and uh, newsmakers of the season uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, uh, one of the big things every year is the most popular driver uh, announcement, and I was shocked. That Chase Elliott was the Cup Series most popular driver. How about you guys? I mean, floored, right? I mean, I was so shocked. I mean, yeah, it was it's mind blown. <laughs> Breaking news. Yeah, I mean, it, I think even uh, uh, at the announcement on the show that uh, I think for the last like 
20 years or something like that, it's either been an Elliott or an Earnhardt that's been the most popular driver. And yeah. and we see that from our perspective too, right? Like between Dale Jr. and Chase Elliott, yeah, I mean, they get a lot of votes for most popular driver, but guess what? They also sell a lot of diecast too. They absolutely do. I mean, I don't see that changing anytime soon. No, it's a, it's a legacy thing too. Because, I mean, Chase's dad, one most popular driver, and then, you know, Dale Jr., and now Chase. Right. It's, uh, it, it's, it's really cool to see, you know, the fans still supporting uh, the drivers. And, and what I was most impressed with is, you know, of course, just kind of joking that it was Chase Elliott in the Cup Series. That, that didn't surprise anybody. But uh, Justin Allgaier being the Xfinity Series most popular driver, and Haley Deegan the uh, most popular driver in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Um, you know, Allgaier won a couple of races. Haley didn't. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously having the female presence and she has a great social media presence and, and really presents herself well on the racetrack and off the racetrack. So undoubtedly that uh, helps. And, and Allgaier, again, won a couple of races, uh, was in the hunt for the championship this year. Um, but uh, again, just a really nice guy, uh, which kind of shows that. You know, you don't necessarily have to be the champion. You don't have to win the most races to be the most popular driver or even sell the most die cast, right? If you present yourself well and, you know, you have a nice personality, people are going to like you and want to buy your stuff. Now, didn't he win popular driver last year as well? I think so. Yeah. So he's made a really a great impact with the fans. So, I mean, great job for Justin and Haley Deegan. She does a great job selling diecast, and she made a splash in the sport when she began winning in ARCA, and that's followed her to the truck series. So. Absolutely. And I think uh, um, it, it's it's a it's a great thing for the fans to be involved in too, because uh, you know we are in the in the business of you know, making fans happy with our diecast and, you know, adding to their collections and everything like that. And the fans, you know, they don't get to decide who the champion is. They don't get to decide who wins the race. Uh, they, but they do get to decide who the most popular driver is. So, uh, uh, really cool to see a fan driven, uh, initiative there to award the most popular driver each year in NASCAR. Uh, another big thing. And, uh, Alex, I'm going to start with you front row motorsports, uh, announcing their driver lineup, uh, nothing new there with Michael McDowell in the 30, for the Daytona 500 winner, but how about Todd Gilliland going to the 38? I'm not sure any of us saw that one coming. No, I didn't. I mean, because he was already in the 38 truck for Front Row Motorsports, and he had a pretty productive year, won a couple races, um, you know, was very competitive every weekend, and now he's going to make his start in the Cup Series. So definitely, you know, someone to watch out for, and, you know, then his spot was vacated in the truck, and they brought in Zane Smith, so... Yeah, and, and it's really interesting to see the uh, family history there with Front Row Motorsports and the number 38 because uh, David Gilliland drove that car years back and now his son Todd uh, going into that car. It, it's kind of a cool, you know, tie-in. And, you know, who knows what the the behind-the-scenes uh, discussions were of how who would be in that car and how they'd be in that car and everything like that. We knew a while back that Anthony Alfredo would not be back in that car. Um, but uh certainly unknown on who would be until the Todd Gilliland announcement came. So be really interesting, you know, Gilliland going right from trucks to cup. That's not necessarily the, the path that most drivers go without having to make some, uh, you know, a serious run in Xfinity series. So it'd be kind of interesting, Michelle, to see how he does in his rookie season. Yes, definitely somebody to watch in the cup series for sure. And like uh, you and Alex just said, it's 
unexpected. I don't think anybody saw that coming. And I'll be curious to see how Zane Smith does. I think um, Zane is somebody um, that could contend for a championship again with that team for sure. One other big uh, news item as well was uh, Richard Petty Motorsports uh, uh, kind of combining efforts and, and GMS racing and uh, Maury Gallagher uh, becoming the majority owner of that uh, organization, basically combining their charters now. So it'd be really interesting to see what that means for Eric Jones and Ty Dillon in those two cars uh, as well. I know there's still some announcements to be made about, uh, you know, how some of the inner workings and the gears are going to turn with that race team. Um, but uh, with those two cars out there and of course with the next gen car as we've talked uh, many many times uh while you know gms is is a new team to the cup series um and richard penny motorsports with the 43 has been you know around forever of course but uh you know with eric jones in that car over the last year um didn't go to victory lane you know ran okay uh but i don't think it would be up to their standards by any means so uh but with this next gen car and maybe you know a new influx of money with the with the uh, uh gms team uh into that operation then uh you know who's to say that that team you know either one of those teams can't contend contend for wins and championships this year as well and uh of course champion week at uh in nashville uh, a, a huge deal and uh um yeah, I don't know if, if any of you got any takeaways for, from that uh, other than uh, Chase Elliott's hat. I mean, that was kind of a big deal, right, on social media? Yeah, the hat was a star of the awards banquet, maybe. And I didn't know Indiana Jones was nominated for most popular driver, let alone win. Yeah, you know, you got to look nice, right? Like these guys, when they're at the racetrack, they're, if they're not in their suits, they're in a jeans and a polo or something like that. They all clean up pretty nice, you know, and even Denny Hamlin and his Jays and his Jordans there, you know, kind of. But Chase is definitely not one you would see in a hat. That's something like Ryan Blaney would do, not not chase necessarily not until now well yeah not until now right and uh you know definitely uh interesting to see you know the the drivers uh, and with their wives on the red carpet because you, you know especially since covid you, you don't really get right. to see the wives at the racetrack very often and uh, um and you know so it's a great opportunity i saw a couple i think it was uh keselowski's actually said uh, mom and dad's night out or yeah. something like yeah. that where they didn't you know the kids weren't there so uh you know it, it's an easy date night i guess uh when, when you have a banquet like that um uh, you know my favorite uh, moment though is uh you know i've talked at length about uh, how much of a, a daniel hemrick fan i am but uh, um his his speech uh, about his wife and how much they've had to sacrifice and you know telling the story of how he had to park his car on a downhill slope so that they can jump start the car every day because you know it was just a piece of junk that they weren't sure could even run and uh um you know they've been dating since they were teenagers uh they raced against each other they're over here at Charlotte Motor Speedway and, uh, um, you know, brought a tear to my eye, my wife's eye too, because, you know, uh, I never talked that nice about her. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, a really cool moment there. And I think a lot of drivers can tell similar stories to that about their wives and girlfriends as well. I do like uh, the Ben Rhodes interview. The first thing he did was, you know, popped a Bud Light, set it on the, yeah. you know, the podium. I, I really thought he did such a good job with his speech. You know, he started that out as something humorous, but by the end of it, he used that to toast their teammate that had recently died. And I thought he did such a good job with yes. that whole speech. And he was one of the few drivers that didn't sound like he was reading it. No, it actually right. sounded like it was and either very well rehearsed or it just came from the heart. I mean, yeah. He just, and, you know, outright. And his personality came through, you know, when he was sober, I thought. Right. Yes. And to me, that was such a good way to kind of wrap up the season for him. 
Um, and I thought he probably gained more fans even with that speech. Absolutely. And, and it's really easy for these drivers to say, you know, thank the guys back at the shop. Right. But Ben actually went through and yes. named every single person that touched his car, you know, from the engineers to the PR people and everybody in between. Uh, I thought that was a really cool touch because uh, he, he and, and it seemed like he rattled that off the top of his head, too. He right. wasn't reading that. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, we've got, you know, like eight people that we work with and I can barely know everybody's <laughs> name, you know, but. Uh, no, it a uh, uh, really fun week there in Nashville, and now uh, uh, everybody's going to reset. I'm sure there's a lot of vacations planned over the holidays and everything like that for these teams. And uh, the next time that NASCAR is going to be in the headlines, we're going to be at the racetrack. Uh, that, that's that's pretty exciting. I don't know what you guys think, but I mean, the next I'm time that, that NASCAR you know is newsworthy, I don't maybe that's not we're the right way to put LA. it. We're going to be in Las Vegas, or yeah, Las Vegas. We're going to be in uh, Los Angeles at the Coliseum for the Bush Clash, and uh, I'm excited. I know we're all excited, and uh, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how things play out there. And uh, also want to give a, a shout out to Kyle Busch Motorsports Camping World Truck Series driver Chandler Smith picking up the Snowball Derby to make a little bump and run move in that super late model race down in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, but uh, got the victory and uh, his car was destroyed, wasn't it? No, well, that was in post race tech. So okay. the Snowball Derby is notorious for you know finding cheaters and everything like disqualifying guys out of wins and all that. So they took the entire engine apart and they they hauled it off in bags back into the trailer. But uh, after about a four-hour process, the race was only two hours. It was like a four-hour tech process. But they deemed him legal. He was... He's the winner of the Snowball Derby. So uh, uh, really cool. And congratulations for or to Chandler Smith on that victory. But uh, if you stick around here just for one quick second, we've got more big news, including... How about this, fans? What do you think about a NASCAR Authentics reveal? I think we can do that for you coming up here on Authenticated. All right, NASCAR Authentics fans, it is the moment you've been waiting for. Wave 9, 164 scale NASCAR Authentics diecast will be hitting the store shelves at Walmart and other major retailers very soon. As a matter of fact, they are on their way to the distribution centers as we speak. So you definitely want to be checking your local stores here in the coming days and weeks. And each diecast in this wave will come with a collectible sticker as the trinket. And if you want to know what's in this wave, it will be brought to you by none other than Lionel Racing's Alex Pullman. Thank you, Matt. First up, we have Kevin Harvick's number 17 Hunt Brothers Pizza Truck, Josh Berry's number 8 Tire Pros Darlington, Chase Briscoe's number 14 Ford Performance Racing School, Bubba Wallace's number 23 McDonald's, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s number 8 United for America Xfinity Car, Chase Elliott's number 9 Hooters Darlington, Martin Truex Jr.'s number 19, Auto Owners Darlington. Austin Dillon's number 3, Bass Pro Shops. Joey Logano's number 22, Shell Darlington. And the Chase Piece, Bubba Wallace's number 23, McDonald's, Limited Edition Liquid Color Finish. Very exciting wave. And again, these are coming to Walmart stores and other major retailers very soon. They are in route, so definitely check those store shelves. And again, each of these diecasts will come with a collectible sticker as the trinket. And uh, to get a first look at these diecasts, be sure to check out Lionel Racing social media channels. 
Also, we've got a bunch of new diecast releases. Uh, 2022 diecast release from Martin Truex Jr.'s Bass Pro Shops. Uh, the paint scheme, the number 19 Toyota Camry, is now available for order, as is the fan vote winner for Dale Earnhardt Jr., the Hellman's 2022 Martinsville car that he will run. Of course, three different paint schemes were up for a fan vote, and the winning design will be run at Martinsville, and the diecast of that ride is now available for order from Lionel Racing as well. We also have a 2021 Turning Back the Clock diecast release, the Zane Smith Hamsters USA Camping World Truck Series truck. That is now available for order as well. These diecasts and a lot more are currently available for order at lionlracing.com. You can also order by calling one of our friendly agents in our call center, 1-800-952-0708, or check out other authorized Lionel Racing diecast dealers. And for your first look at these and more interesting new diecasts, definitely check out our Instagram story highlights, Lionel Racing on Instagram. Welcome back to Authenticated. We've been having a lot of fun so far on this show, and man, do we have even more for for you right now. Uh, undoubtedly, you NASCAR fans have heard over the last days, weeks, and months about Roush Fenway Racing and its new part owner, Brad Keselowski, the NASCAR Cup Series champion, and rebranding that team as Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing, now RFK, and uh, a lot of interesting things have come out of that shop here in Concord, North Carolina, just a couple of miles from where we sit right now, and uh, the brainchild of that entire of that entire operation to, uh, to rebrand Roush Fenway Racing into Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing, RFK, I'm Amanda Palmer and Amanda is the senior director of marketing operations for RFK Racing and she joins us on Authenticated to bring a little bit of information to light about how that rebrand happened and even more about how the diecast come to fruition and how uh, this whole merchandising operation comes about and Amanda thank you so much for joining us here on Authenticated and uh, you know I'm sure you got all kinds of free time to come join us because nothing's going on in your office these days right? Yeah not not a whole lot going on. Um, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, awesome. Of course, uh, we are uh, being a little facetious with that because uh, undoubtedly there has been a lot of stuff going on inside your building, inside your office uh, to bring this race team basically to life. It's it's a whole it's a lot of the same uh, from Roush Fenway, but no doubt there is a lot different. What has been the overall feel and the overall excitement that's been inside that building over the last couple of days, weeks and months? Oh, gosh, we are. Uh, there's so many things changing over at, at on the campus. So not only do we have a new uh, name, logo, we also are renovating some of our buildings. So we have a whole new look and feel. Um, everyone's really excited about it. And we are looking forward to not only, you know, seeing what the company will do moving forward, but also with the next gen car. So it's it's a little bit of a stress mixture emotion uh, of stress and excitement. I, I couldn't see how it wouldn't be over there. And now, uh, as we introduced you as the senior director of marketing operations, uh, congrats on the new title. I know that's just Thank a you. couple of weeks old. Uh, so for the, for the fans and the collectors and, and, and the NASCAR uh, uh, people that are listening to this right now, uh, what are some of your day to day roles in that position? 
a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the old saying goes, you're a jack of all trades, which fits in our situation a little bit more than others with Jack Roush being our uh, part owner. I like that. Um, But we wear, I wear, and a lot of my coworkers also wear multiple hats. So, but for me particularly, it's focusing primarily on licensing, um, which lately has been, you know, the primary part of my job with this rebrand. And then also overseeing branded assets, hospitality, and all of our retail initiatives. So it, it's a little bit of everything. It sounds like you got to be on your toes uh, every day because you can go in any different direction, right? Uh, yeah, but that's what makes it exciting. Absolutely. Um, I really enjoy that part of my job and not knowing, you know, every day what you're, you're not, you're not doing the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting and thrilling. So let's talk a little bit about that rebrand to RFK Racing. Uh, when did that whole process start and, you know, kind of walk through some, maybe some of the steps of coming up with the name and, you know, were there other names thrown out there? Were there, you know, some of the things behind the scenes from where it, when they, the announcement for Brad joining the operation came to be to basically the unveil, which is just a couple of weeks back. Yeah. So, um, I was provided the name, (laughs) so I was not privy to those conversations that was done previously to me coming into the process. Um, Then I kind of jumped in with looking at different agencies to help us with this rebrand. We really wanted to take this opportunity to, with the new name, to not just create a new logo and, and throw it out there, but really take the time and effort and energy into redefining what RFK racing means to not only us internally at the organization, but also to our fans, because bringing Brad on has, you know, it has changed many things, but we have history in the sport with Jack and Fenway. So we didn't want to lose sight of that, but we also wanted to look forward to see like what Brad's presence will bring to the organization and our identity as a whole. So when we started looking at agencies, um, I think I looked, I talked to probably closer to 10 different agencies to help us um, spearhead those conversations. And we got a little help from our friends at NASCAR who have used the agency that we ended up going with, Rare Design, and they are out of a very small town in Mississippi. Um, So you wouldn't necessarily think a brand agency coming from Mississippi. You really think of like those big agencies out of New York, you know, or LA. And um, so we, that's the agency that NASCAR had used for their rebrand. And it just, it fit like the, the people, Rodney and Marie on the team there just fit within our organization and became an extension, like an, a part of family, you know? Um, so we had gone through those processes of like interviewing all these agencies, narrowed it down, uh, brought in some people within our organization to kind of make the final decision and then started the process with Rare Design. So how long of a process was that, Amanda? So how long ago did you start having those conversations? I was brought into the loop June, July and started interviewing agencies and like it it was an official RFP process, but similar to that. Um, And we started talking to them. I remember um, 
this was also still through, you know, COVID protocol. So we weren't in the office as much as we are now. Um, so I was actually home visiting my family in Maine and was sitting, I remember I was sitting on, um, at the island in my mom's kitchen and talking to these different agencies, like going through the screening process, because it was, you know, once they brought it to me, it was like, we have to move. Like this is going to be a pretty long process. So from June, July, until we unveiled a couple weeks ago, that's pretty much the overall timeframe. So really that's not that long. It was to get everything done that you had to get done. (laughs) No, it was not that long, but, um, but we did it. You did a great job. Thank you. We, uh, it was, um, it was a process, but it was, so exciting. And, um, it was an amazing opportunity for me to be a part of, I mean, you know, just thinking about it now, it's, it's humbling. And when I talk about it with my family or like, we look at that unveil video and I sent it to them and they were just like, who, you know, who would think from a a small town girl from Maine would Mm be part of this part, you know, of history with Roush. So pretty exciting. And you get to to live with that, that you got to help with the whole rebrand and get to see that video and go, hey, I had a part in that. And that's really cool. Yeah. And I still think that uh, for different reasons of my job every day, you know, even when we have a press conference and the simple things like ordering a polo for a new sponsor announcement and you see that, you know, you see that at a press conference, you're like, hey, I had a part in that. And it's just a polo. Right. So now it's an even bigger experience to be like, wow, I had a part in this well, part of and history. That's, and that's an important part of a race team as a whole. I mean, I think when people and fans think of race teams, a lot of times, you know, rightly so, they think of the guys on the pit crew, you know, the crew chief and the driver. But all of this behind the scenes part of a race team is just as important as far as making sure a car gets on track and that they're competitive. And so, um, and this rebrand is so important to the history of the team, like you said, And I want to ask you, too, so when you were interviewing agencies and you said that, you know, that Rare Designs felt like family, how much of input did Brad and Jack have into that process? So we started the process um, by having Rare interview different focus groups. Um, And we divided that up into, you know, Roush, Fenway, and then Kislowski. Um, Brad had a big part in the process. Um, he was part of those focus groups initially, and so were other people on our board. So Sean McGrail from up um, at Fenway, Ed Weiss, Jack, Brad, Steve Newmark, our president. Um, and then we also brought in employees that had, you know, a long tenure at Roush, people that had been there for 20 years, and then people that had been there for a year because we wanted Rare to get you know, the best sense of our organization that they possibly could. Chris was part of those focus groups as well, Chris Busher. Um, And it was, we probably interviewed close to 40 employees overall Mm -hmm. across the three entities. And then that is kind of how Rare spearheaded their design elements for our logo. So it was from those focus groups that they were able to pinpoint different pillars within our organization that made up Roush Fenway and now Kislowski Racing. So do they provide a couple of different mock-ups basically? And then, you know, you put them to the the pegboard in the boardroom and everybody debates them. How does that process once they come up with some ideas for you? 
Yeah, we looked at over 100 sketches. Mm. So they took um, those pillars and they broke those down into subsections. So they had probably close to 20 sketches per subsection, maybe 10 to 15 per subsection, something like that. And then we would go down and kind of narrow it based on what we felt like we the like the journey, the avenue, the path that we wanted Roush Fenway Kozlowski Racing to take. Um, once we had those narrowed down, we would loop um, back in Brad and Steve and the folks at Fenway, and then they had their own focus groups internally. So they would go through and, you know, provide us feedback on the ones that we had narrowed it down. We didn't feel like sending them a hundred sketches was probably the most yeah. efficient use of time. That's smart. So we would narrow it down internally here in-house, and then we would send them out to those individuals, those groups, and get their feedback. So once everything is honed in and you give the stamp of approval on the on the final one, then what's the next step? Obviously, it's a great looking logo. Kudos to everybody involved in that process. But once you get the green light on it, when it comes to, you know, creating a wrap for the, the test car and also, you know, which was the unveil car and then, you know, coming up with the polos, like you said, and, and I'm sure the crew guys have already got this stuff. You know, at what point do you start? putting the plan into action once once it's finalized like that immediately mm -hmm. yeah we I, gosh i have a laundry list of items right now probably over a hundred different things that will need to be rebranded and it's you know as small as like our company credit cards right like they have our logos on them mm -hmm. or rugs in the shop i mean there's there's just you things that you don't even think about until you start focusing in on and like actually making those lists. One of the big things we're working on now is the fountain out, out front of <laughs> our, right. yeah. wow, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> out front of our shop, which has been done once. Um, so we'll be looking forward to swapping that out, but you just hit the ground running. So we have an in-house graphic artist that helped us develop the paint scheme for the unveil. And uh, Brad specifically wanted some chrome elements to that. We're excited to bring back the chrome this year on our paint schemes, and he's really passionate about that. And so that was something we wanted to incorporate. Um, and we just felt like the Charlotte test was, a, you know, we wanted to capitalize on that opportunity. We already had, you know, media attention around the test. There's There's been a lot around the next gen test lately. And so we wanted to capitalize on that opportunity and it was, it was fun. It was, it was such a good day and it was uh, interesting to see the media response to the new logo, which I personally, I mean, I love it, but it's, it's a different twist. It's more modern, I think, than what we're used to. And we looked at a lot of racing logos too. That was part of the exercise. Like I, I put together a presentation with all racing logos from across many racing series, not just NASCAR, and looked at the trends and how we could, you know, stand out amongst all of them. Well, and, and what's interesting, too, and I'm sure this probably came up and correct me if I'm wrong in some of these focus groups and the discussions that you had, because when you think of Jack Roush, obviously he, he's been around the sport forever right and for for a long time probably 50 years or so he's been around motorsports and you know saw a lot of success in the in the nascar ranks from the cup series to uh xfinity and even back in the truck series you know they he had a very successful team there as well um 
but you know, he, he's, he's not one of the younger guys in the sport by any means. And, and then you think of the Fenway group and, and, you know, obviously being involved in the Boston Red Sox, which is a very classic historic organization, not necessarily, they don't have the modern flashy colors and uniforms and Fenway is the oldest ballpark in, in, you know what I mean? So where I'm trying to go with this is, you know, you're kind of combining old school, for lack of a better term, with the new school, because with Brad bringing kind of the, was that part of the wants and needs of everybody in those discussions to kind of combine the history and the, and the old school feel of what Roush Fenway and Roush Racing used to be with bringing everything into the future with it, you know, especially with the next gen car. Yeah, absolutely. And um Nesson, one of the you know companies underneath that Fenway Sports Group, just went through a rebrand, and theirs became a little bit more modern. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen their their marks, yep. we had some buy in from them to like look more modern, um, which was great. And we definitely wanted to incorporate the older, you know, history from Jack. But honestly, we we really want to look forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of what we kept honing in on is, you know, moving forward, looking forward with all these different things that are changing within our industry with the car and, you know, company and ownership and just all these rule package, all these different things. We really wanted to capitalize on our future opportunities and growth. And that's really what we honed in on how would you say that this has impacted the morale i guess you could say around the campus there is there a kind of new life for lack of a better term you know a breath of fresh air in there everybody's working just a little you know a little bit more of a spring in their step or something like that knowing that there's a lot more going on and a lot more excitement around there yeah absolutely and uh the way our campus is set up is our corporate offices are separate from our competition shop. Um, so I can speak more to the corporate side, but just recently last week, Brad was in the office. Um, he's in the office a lot more. He has an office up the street, but he'll just pop in to my office or, you know, the office next door and start talking about, you know, what he wants to see in his visions. And you're just like, wow, this is, this is really cool to have, you know, part owner, one of the owners in your office on a regular basis saying, Hey, this is what I'm, what I'm looking to do. This is what I see moving forward. This is what I'm passionate about. And you're it's, it does, it breathes a whole new life into the company. Uh, th- and that's awesome to see, you know, Brad, not only putting a financial investment I- into that, but, you know, he's got his heart and soul into it. And, you know, this is I'm sure part of these discussions that you've heard from him, uh, you know, this is this is his new home. This is this is his future. I think he never stops working just mm-hmm. for the record. <laughs> um, he's constantly thinking and creating initiatives and just overall you can see the passion and that makes us all feel it and we want it we want to bring the same passion to the table it's contagious right here so we're excited and and brad is he's actually a frequent customer of our uh retail store over at concord mills mall i know i did uh, not know that he, he, he brings the family in there every once in a while too so uh you know but that just shows how in tune he is you know i'm i'm sure he takes the girls to go look at the train sets and everything like that in that store but undoubtedly he goes to see how many of his die cast i'm sure are on the shelves but uh and 
in our past dealings with him, he is very in tune with the merchandising side of things as well. And I know that that is a big part of what your role is. So when it comes to creating diecast, maybe other merchandise, T-shirts, everything like that uh, for the 2022 season, how has this rebrand impacted and affected uh, creating new products for the 2022 season? It has affected it quite greatly. Um, We are, you know, we take pride on turning over our inventory and providing new merchandise to our fans in a timely manner. Uh, The new brand has set that back slightly. So we appreciate all the patience from the fans that, um, you know, we've been seeing a lot on social media of fans anxious to buy RFK product. And I am just as anxious as they are. So it's coming. I promise it's coming. We are, uh, we should have some pre-order merchandise up very soon. I'm, I'm excited for that just before the holidays. So hopefully people will be excited as well. Um, so a little bit behind with the rebrand, but overall just very, you know, anxious and excited to get that merchandise out there. Um, and Brad is too. Um, who I have had multiple conversations with him about how excited he is to get that RFK racing merchandise out there. And not only that, but, you know, diecasts and t-shirts with car art on it and hats and just all of it like he he's super excited and passionate about that merchandise plan and so we have one it's coming a little later than expected but it's coming and i know we have had a lot of questions and fans wanting us to offer the unveil car which was the test car and um so we have that art and we will be putting that out for pre-order i know alex is working on that as we speak so yes yeah, Brad is excited about that car awesome. specifically too. So, um, yeah, so tell him it's coming from right. us. I will. I will. I have actually. And the, the uh, congrats on, on the Fastenal announcement, which I, you know, I think just hit the airwaves just a little bit before uh, you stepped into the office here today. But uh, um, you know, undoubtedly, these partners uh, that RFK Racing has, you know, especially Fastenal, that's been a part of their organization for years now. Um, how excited have the partners? partners been uh about this new uh venture with brad coming into the fold as well they are i mean (laughs) they're beyond words i think to know um especially fastenal Mm -hmm. so fastenals i want i don't want to say they're my baby but i have a close connection to them um i help out on that account from time to time and so i've had a relationship with them for many years now um so them specifically being a part of the roush organization for over 10 years um they're excited about the new life that brad is bringing and they're excited to have a presence on his car next year um, which has not been historically what they've done they primarily have been on the 17 car so having a presence on the six they're excited about and using you know brad in different appearance opportunities um they have a close relationship with chris and i know they'll they'll maintain that but fastenal specifically is very excited and then all of our other partners are just beyond thrilled with how the rebranding efforts have gone and the unveil and i received so many text messages and emails from those partners just thrilled 
to see what we had come up with and that they're a part of this organization. And I'm glad you just brought up Chris as well, because I know he's been a, a long, uh, a long time, uh, you know, uh, guy over at Roush Fenway, now Keselowski Racing, uh, between the Xfinity Series Championships, now in the Cup Series. Um, and we got a chance to speak with him on Authenticator a couple months ago uh, over at our retail store at Concord Mills Mall. And um, undoubtedly, he's got to be excited about this whole process as well. Um, and, and he's got to be a super integral role in uh, the day to day operations over there as well, because, you know, he's a contender for wins too. Just, just like Brad is. I know a lot of, you know, Brad's getting a lot of the spotlight because his name's on the building now. But Chris has to be a really important role in this future of the company as well. Yeah, we, um, I know specifically Brad is super excited to have Chris with us again. And all of us internally are very pleased and happy to have Chris back. Um, Chris is one of those people that you just connect with so easily. He's very down to earth and one of my favorite people, um, to work with and also be friends with like him and his wife, Emma are just the most, the kindest, generous people you will ever meet. Um, and so he is in our shop at least on a weekly basis. And he has relationships with all of our employees and they know him and he, knows them by name and he takes the time to get to know everyone and have conversations sometimes when he has you know commitments it's like chris are are you coming like are you hey we gotta go and but he'll talk Mm. to everyone i mean that's just who he is we saw that at at his appearance with us i mean when we were done we told him hey you got no obligations but if you want to sign some autographs for people and he's i don't know he's there for probably an hour or so just hung out just and and not even signing he did sign but he was just talking racing you know because that was charlotte race weekend so you know he's talking about the role you know and and it was awesome that that was our our first opportunity for us to really get to know him and uh, we were really impressed with the way he carries himself and uh if he ever wants to co-host this show he can easily take my (laughs) job because he's a really good you know, very well spoken and, and knows how, knows how to, you know, do this kind of stuff. So, uh, I think I was, he told me this was, that was his first podcast though. Well, Hey, you well, would never that. know. He did a great job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we will very well spoken. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, he's been doing it for a long time, right? So yeah. he, he's won a lot of races and, and, and done a lot of cool stuff in the sport between ARCA and Xfinity now cup series and all that. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think those two are going to be, you know, pretty competitive uh needless to say in 2022 um with this next gen car and and we touched a little bit about the next gen car and um maybe i'm sure you've had a lot of conversations with your graphic design team on paint schemes and how the new number placement and the sponsor placement can be on this next gen car um so what is your design team? What are their thoughts on this? Do they see it as a, you know, a fun new canvas to try to come up with stuff or are they finding it a little bit more, I don't want to say challenging, but they're, um, you know, having to come up with new ways to do things that they used to do, you know, kind of routinely, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, challenge is an okay way to put it. Like it does present its challenges for for multiple reasons. So we think it's a great opportunity for our partners to increase their brand exposure. Like that increased, you know, real estate on the car is is wonderful. Um, certain logos for sponsors fit in that space a little bit better than others. And certain partners, you know, speaking from a licensing perspective, have different brand guidelines that they want to adhere to. So ultimately we, you know, can create 
multiple different mock-ups and that's what we've been doing to show them the different opportunities that they can capitalize on in that space Um, but at the end of the day that's their decision and we have to honor their brand guidelines and what they want to put on the track from a brand perspective so with the um with that test car that ran over at Charlotte and used for the unveil, I know, I know Brad said, you said that Brad had Mm -hmm. some input on it and, and everything like that. That was probably one of the, on our social media channels, one of the most talked about schemes of this whole, you know, 20 next gen test car process, right? A lot of teams have different paint schemes and everything like that, but that obviously with the, the new team name, the new branding and everything like that, was that one of the, you know, was that an exciting thing for, for you and your team to come up with because it was the first opportunity or how, how important was that for you and your team to make a big splash with that first paint scheme? I can personally tell you seeing the logo on the car for the first time in like art form for me was like mesmerizing. I was like, wow, this is the first time I'm seeing the logo and brand come to life. Mm-hmm. And so being able to to see it and know that it was like finally happening was a wonderful experience and like it just made it surreal. It was like, oh, wow, this is actually happening. We've you know, we've gotten to this point. And so, you know, unveiling it and, you know, being able to see them take that car cover off and like the first impressions of it was thrilling. I, I can only imagine. And where does that one rank? Uh, obviously, you've been how long have you been with the uh, Roush organization? Almost eight years. OK, so you've seen a lot of cars come and go from that shop, a lot of paint schemes, a lot of die cast being made. I'm going to put you on the spot now. Can you pick one? And maybe if, if you got one, I'll take it. But if you got maybe a top three, even uh, favorite paint schemes uh, of, of your tenure at Roush Fenway, now RFK Racing. So I'm going to date myself a little bit with this. I would be remiss if I did not mention the rfrshop.com paint scheme we ran at Charlotte. <laughs> I like that. I don't it wasn't made into a die cast, but that was like one of the really one of the cooler schemes for me because at the time I was, you know, overseeing the store. That was your car. Yeah, that like, was my car. Yeah. So it was super cool. Like I was the sponsor of that car <laughs> and it ran on the 60 with Chris at Charlotte. Um so that one was probably one of my you know, closer to home paint schemes. I was trying to think the other day, like which one I really loved the most that was made into a die cast. And this sounds, I'm not sure why, but I really love the Fastenal Xfinity championship card that Chris ran Mm. for multiple reasons. Like a Fastenal, you know, is close near dear and dear to my heart, but also Chris has become a close friend and I've seen him you know, come up through the ranks. I remember when I started at Roush in the retail store, Chris and his wife, Emma, I mean, they weren't married at the time, but they would come visit me in the store and Emma would like help me stock shelves just Mm -hmm. to like, while she waited for Chris, who was in the shop. So I've known them for many years. And that one, when he won the Xfinity championship was, you know, that one hit home for sure. But I would have to also mention the SpongeBob ones. Those ones are pretty cool, too. I think we had two that year. We had Bubba Wallace was in like a more SpongeBob car. And then Greg Biffle on the cup side was with like a Patrick Mm -hmm. themed car. Those ones were pretty cool, too, because you had to work, especially from licensing, you had to work through those, you know, different entities to secure the rights. So those ones were a 
I'm well, I would say you guys probably secured those rights. Yeah, it's a little bit more of a challenge when you have yes, a third party. So those ones yeah. are really cool. Right. The, those paint schemes are pretty awesome though. I like any of them. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's the that's the right answer. <laughs> no, but but it, it's true though, and undoubtedly with this next gen car, it's it's got to be uh, exciting to see. Um, like we, we talk in our office, you know, sometimes uh, in 2021, a lot of the paint schemes. I don't want to say were reused, but I've firmly believe and maybe some of these discussions happen in your office as well it wasn't that they were just punting on 2021 uh you know running a lot of the same stuff but it was more just hey we're not going to reinvent the wheel just yet because we've got to do that for 2022 is is that a fair way to, to put it maybe in your discussions with other race teams and things like that yeah definitely um we always we always push our sponsors to come to the table with new ideas. Um, we bring them new ideas. We want them to bring us new ideas, specifically paint schemes. We know how you know integral of a part that plays, especially with fans, and they don't want to see the same paint scheme over and over again. So just so up, you know, everyone out there is aware, we're always pushing for that change. Um, again, not always what we get, but it's something that we definitely want to on our side. We, we want that new, fresh paint scheme on the track. Absolutely. And uh, um, before we let you go, also, we, we, we want to talk uh, about diecast as a whole and where that fits into your merchandising plan with the race team. Uh, obviously, um, you know, any of the fans that shop, uh, whether it's online or at the racetrack track side, um, you know, they have a multitude of different options uh, of things that they can buy. And obviously, we we know that uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a diecast collector. Uh, how important are diecasts? in your merchandising plan for whether it's for a driver or a specific paint scheme or something like that? Diecasts are a no-brainer for us. Like, we will always have diecasts. Um, we, this year, we actually sold all through all of our diecast first before any other, you know, T-shirt or hat. Um, knowing that we had to go through this massive rebrand, we were not liquidating, but we were definitely trying to move inventory quicker than we normally would. So we didn't have as much variety, which will not be the case moving forward. Um, but we also, for our fans, we, we do like to offer autographed diecasts in our retail store, we, you know, with our own COA. So it makes it a little bit more unique. That's something that we've tried um, to make an initiative for the past few years, hoping that we can continue with those efforts moving forward. Uh, that's awesome. And we appreciate having you. I, I know Alex, you, you and Alex work uh, pretty well uh, hand in hand on a lot of different projects. And, uh, you know, we've, we've appreciate uh, we appreciate when race teams and individuals with race teams are passionate about helping us create those products. Right. It, it, it really helps when there are team members who push us and we can kind of push back on you to make sure that uh, we produce the best possible 
product. Um, and, and it's truly a team effort. And, and I want to allow you, we talked a little bit before we hit the record button to, to do this about some of your team um, from a social media standpoint, from a graphic design standpoint. And because uh, these cars do look so good, I want you to give a quick little shout out to some of the folks that, uh, you know, work with you uh, over there at RFK Racing to, uh, to bring some of these paint schemes and some of these ideas to life. Yeah, we are very fortunate. We actually just, um, you know, restructured a little bit and brought on some new individuals that, again, have brought this new life into our company and down the hall. So we hired a new graphic designer, um, Aaron Burnett, and then we also hired a new social person, Elijah Burke. And right before they both started, we had hired a new um, videographer, Thomas Burfield. So there we call them the Burrs. They ironically all have last names that start with V-U-R. Um, How does that happen? I don't know, but they are young and just full of energy yeah. and life and like have all this passion. And it's been really cool to see everything through their eyes um, and work with them on a regular basis to bring a lot of this stuff to life. Like the paint schemes, the fire suits, the social graphics, the unveil video that we put together for Fastenal for today. There's just so many different things we've brought to the organization that's, you know, taking it to the next level. So pretty excited to have all them on board. And then we have other people that we work with, you know, consistently, the, the PR reps, all the people that manage the branded assets, our hospitality manager, like we have a pretty close group over at Roush. We're fairly lean, but we're like family. So we work together. Everyone's in each other's offices all day. We're like, we just are constantly meeting and talking and trying to figure out how we can bring all of these things to life in the best way possible. Well, Amanda, we definitely appreciate you doing this. And, uh, you know, I, I hope uh, you diecast fans, NASCAR fans that are listening to today's show, you know, understand a little bit more that uh, about the processes involved in coming up with not only a rebrand for a, an entire race team and organization like RFK Racing, but to bring some of these products like your diecast to life. It's it's a multi-step process. There's a lot of eyes and ears and, uh, you know, keyboard clicks that uh, that need to happen in order for this stuff to come to uh to life and amanda you are a huge part of how that happens over there at rfk racing we truly appreciate you being here and and hopefully this wasn't as uh as intimidating and as painful as as maybe it could have been right not at all i appreciate you guys having me it was fun yeah we'll, we'll definitely do it again because i think you know now that we're still fresh we're within a month or so of of when the rebrand happened and uh maybe we'll we'll do like a reset on things and uh, hopefully talk about some big wins that you've had over at uh, RFK Racing to start off the 2022 season when we have you on next time. I would love that. Just don't compare my speaking abilities to Chris's because he has far more practice than I have. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we we want you and Chris on our show anytime, but if you and Chris want to start your your own RFK Racing podcast, <laughs> yeah. I think you guys would knock it out of the park. <laughs> I think that would uh, th that would that would be the hot ticket. So uh, if, in all your free time, right? Like maybe that can be... I'll uh, text him about it and see what he said. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us and uh fans keep keep an eye out for uh rfk racing diecast to uh hit the market here very very soon from lionel racing and uh, we'll be back with more on this episode of authenticated
We're going to wrap things up on today's show with a reminder to use hashtag DieCastSanta if you want DieCastSanta to grant your DieCast wishes this holiday season. Just a couple of days left to submit what's on your DieCast wish list for DieCast Santa to check his list that he will make and make all the uh, good boys and girls in DieCast land happy by granting those DieCast wishes through our social media channels. Use hashtag DieCastSanta. Let us know what diecast is on your list and just maybe if you're on that nice list diecast santa will grant that wish next week uh, we are going to announce the winners on december 15th uh, tentatively so you definitely want to get your wish list into us now so uh, with that we will finish up as we always do with our last lap highlight of the week uh, whatever the biggest story in our minds was in nascar and diecast world and uh, we'll start that off with alex I really enjoyed the Penske triple burnout on Broadway during Champions Week in Nashville, where it was a good send-off to those three being teammates together and Brad's new adventure going to RFK, like we talked about earlier in the show. But yeah, it was definitely something different to see and definitely, you know, a spectacular send-off. Definitely was uh, one of the highlights of Champion Weekend in Nashville. All right, Michelle, what's your last lap highlight of the week? So um, we just finished tabulating our best-selling die cast of 2021. So I have the top 10 paint schemes of the year. And I think we're going to announce that next week. And we can talk about that more on next week's podcast. And it isn't necessarily what people think it's going to be. So I'm pretty excited to reveal that next week. We put some stuff out on Twitter asking what uh, youth, uh, what the fans thought would be the number one best-selling diecast. There's been a few right answers. There's been a lot more wrong a answers. A lot of wrong answers. That's right. A so lot of wrong answers. Definitely want to check that out next week on our social media channels as well as here on Unauthenticated. Uh, my last lap highlight is the return of the four pack nascar authentics the four pack that uh, we introduced uh, i don't know maybe about a month ago or so and sold out super quick an, an exclusive item walmart.com uh that those were replenished those went quickly and now a another run of them has just been offered at walmart.com and again these are exclusive this four pack with chase elliott ryan blaney kevin harvick and kyle bush cars all in liquid color finishes it is an exclusive walmart.com order so don't go to your local store thinking you're going to get it now you can get wave nine that we talked about earlier in those stores here soon uh, but this four pack is exclusive to walmart.com and uh, there are limited quantities still left and uh, by the time you hear this there will be even fewer available so make sure you get these orders in especially if you want to have it underneath the christmas tree uh, before uh, santa claus comes we definitely got to get those orders in again those are exclusive at walmart.com you can search nascar authentics four pack we also have links on across our social media channels as well to order the four pack of nascar authentics liquid color cars uh, great price and if you order from walmart.com uh, soon uh, very good chance that you will get it in time for the holidays but that's going to wrap up today's show we appreciate everybody tuning in and we will talk to you next week here on authenticated Follow Lionel Racing on Twitter at Lionel underscore racing on Instagram at Lionel underscore racing. And be sure to like Lionel Racing on Facebook.
Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.